kind of gift. I can see people, places, things others can't. This is the closest most people ever get to their dreams. They're not just dreams. Jack, I don't want to do this. You think you can just walk away? They really happened. What did you see? What's up guys and welcome to Dadstalgia Reviews where tonight I'm going to be taking a trip into Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho which I missed in theaters when it was released back on October 29th 2021 but I finally caught up to it now that it's available on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. In fact I bought it sight unseen based solely on the fact that I love Edgar Wright's movies and I was confident that it would take an absolute travesty for me to regret buying this. But we will get into whether or not I'm happy with that decision here in a bit. And before I start digging into the movie, just a quick reminder of the five categories that I'm currently placing my ratings into from best to worst, starting with All That and a Bag of Chips, Da Bomb, Aight, Buzzkill, and Brutal. Also, I realized that I forgot to give Scream a rating as I was setting up to review this, and for those wondering, uh, that one's also firmly in Da Bomb territory. But now on to Last Night in Soho, which again is directed by Edgar Wright, who, if you're listening to this, you already know has directed some bangers, which include Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, The World's End, and Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. But Last Night in Soho finds him dipping into a much more straightforward genre fare. At least as straightforward as Wright will likely get, as this film definitely experiments with blending Wright's various influences to deliver a twisty ghost story that follows Ellie, who is played by Thomas and Mackenzie, an aspiring fashion designer in London who moves into a room being rented out and finds that late at night, she, as she lies in bed, she's able to mysteriously travel back through time to the 1960s where she invisibly follows the exploits of an aspiring singer named Sandy played by Anya Taylor-Joy and she believes that she's on the verge of making a name for herself. However, soon enough Ellie's late night visits turn from glamorous to horrifying as she witnesses a the seedy and insidious nature of Sandy's situation as Ellie attempts to make sense of and potentially save the singer from a grim fate. To start off with Last Night in Soho, I'm ashamed to say that it took me way longer than it likely should have to realize that Ellie's pr uh, present reality was more modern than I thought initially. I apparently wasn't paying close enough attention early on to phone conversations or, uh, or I was under the impression that it was itself a period piece from like the 80s or 90s based on some of the fashion choices choices but it wasn't until Ellie pulls out a cell phone late in the movie to record a conversation that it dawned on me that this time period was more or less present day not really a knock or anything like that just my own stupidity on full display because I'm all about fairness when it comes to the fact that I can be snarky about movies from time to time because I've definitely got my own issues when it comes to uh, my awareness of what I'm watching. If there's one thing you can count on with Edgar Wright at the helm, 
it's that even if the material lacks any real flair, its visual style absolutely will pick up the slack. And that's kind of the case here. Last Night in Soho is itself a product of its influences, and as such, it doesn't really break any new ground. However, Wright's use of colors and techniques gives it a fresh vibe. To be honest, I was a little on the fence about how I felt about it about halfway through, as I felt myself not really vibing with the story it was trying to tell, which surprised me since I'd felt like with a lot of the reactions from other folks I enjoy reading had been really taken with the first two acts, while the third left a lot to be desired. Meanwhile, the third act for me kind of brought me back around to appreciating it more as a whole. Sure, the last act is a tad at odds with how the story unfolds initially, but ultimately it snapped into place the numerous inspirations that Wright was working with, and the visuals really gave it an old-school ghost story, psychological thriller feel. I've still got a lot of issues with the behaviors of certain characters, and one in particular that felt like a bit of a stretch for seemingly no reason other than to play into the surreal and creepy vibe the character initially gives off. So while the plot is nothing particularly new, Mackenzie and Joy are absolutely fantastic. The actresses have such stark similarities, it's hard not to draw parallels to whether or not they're connected more than she or the audience thinks, and that there's more to everything we think we know about these characters that we're being told. Beyond their physical presence, their performances do well to elevate the familiar feel of the material, and as the characters' lives get deeper and deeper into a state of danger, the more the narrative and Ellie's sense of reality begins to crack. The visual of cracking glass being a heavy element of many scenes, and it plays into many of its themes as well. In addition to the visual style, Wright has a keen ear for a soundtrack, which given the fashion and color palette carries a distinct old school vibe, which is a wonderful nod to the time period that the film is frequently flashing back to. The last act transitions to that of a throwback horror score as Ellie is chased by a faceless male ghost creating several very effective visually horrific moments. It is easy, however, to see where this could be on the lower end of Wright's filmography for many. His sense of humor and frequently sharp writing is replaced with a heavy dose of homage that more or less hides what we've come to expect from the filmmaker thus far. The pivot, however, does not lessen Wright's ambition, and while a lot of Last Night in Soho feels familiar, it's the rest of Wright's repertoire that makes this stand out more than it otherwise would. Ultimately, I'd be inclined to agree that Last Night in Soho does not belong in the upper tier of Wright's efforts, but I'm still happy to say that I don't regret my purchase and actually look forward to watching this again with a renewed sense of what to expect. Rating-wise, this is where sticking to a group of five ratings becomes tougher because where I, I, I could fall into two of my categories with this one. So it forces me to put a bit of a caveat with the rating that I chose. And for this, I'm gonna go with Da Bomb, but on the lower end of that particular rating as it kind of rides the line between uh, Da Bomb and I8 for me, but because I'm a big fan of Wright, I have to skew to the quality that he brings to almost everything his name has been on so far. So that's the gist of my thoughts on Last Night in Soho, and I want to hear from you no matter what if you agree or vehemently disagree with my thoughts feel free to find me on social media with the username dadstalgia, or you can send an email to dadstalgiashow at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Dadstalgia Reviews. 
Stay tuned into the show's feed for more reviews on the horizon. Cheers! I know what you did. I've done a lot of things. You can have to be more specific, love. You can't save me.